This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today on the show, we're reintroduced to a familiar face. We perform some impromptu surgery, and we hear music for the first time. Welcome back to Lore Party's special coverage of the Halo television series. On this limited run of the Lore Party podcast, we'll be providing in-depth recaps of each episode of the new Paramount Plus series based on the timeless sci-fi shooter franchise. My name's Connor. And I'm Kevin. And uh, Jaden is, uh, well, Jaden's not here. (laughs) Jaden, unfortunately, had some car trouble to deal with, uh, but he'll be back next time. No worries. Uh, We'll uh, press on without him. Uh, we've got a interesting episode to break down this time, I think, Kev. Yeah, uh, I'm I I'm gonna start it off by saying I viewed I kind of realized like the first two episodes, the Halo lore was crunched a little bit funky, mm-hmm. and you know it was cooked a little bit weird in in in, in the oven. Um, it's still Halo, but it's not Halo, if that makes sense. Um. Yes, I, I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'll just add to that. I, I think the first two episodes were giving me Halo flavor, but it was mostly in like a window dressing type of way, if you yeah. know what I mean, where it was like, it's mostly just the accessories and accoutrement of Halo were there, but I wasn't quite feeling the soul of it yet. And this episode was a pleasant surprise because I feel like I was starting to get a little bit more of that Halo soul, if that makes sense. Yeah, one. totally, totally. I for me, the way my brain uh thought about it was it's almost like uh if if you ever heard of the uncanny valley where like something looks human but just quite isn't and it really makes you kind of feel weird and awkward about whatever it is, you know, uh-huh. uh, skinwalkers and all that shit. Right. Uh <laughs> that's kind of how I felt about uh this series so far. Um, it's, it's, it, it's Halo, but it's not, but it is. Yeah. So. Not quite there, but almost, I get to, I get you. Absolutely. Yeah. So the way I wanted to start looking at these episodes in my own head is more through like a storytelling cinematic way, uh, like that kind of perspective, knowing that it's going to have Halo characters and lore sprinkled on top. Like it's still a cake. But, you know, it's an ice cream cake. It's not a regular funfetti cake, <laughs> right. you know? It, that, that's kind of how I'm, I'm looking at it. Um, so let's get into that recap because yeah. I, I have a lot more feelings about this whole episode as a whole. Uh, and that kind of shaped my other feeling, my newer feelings, yeah. I guess you could say, about the first two episodes. We're hitting an interesting stride in the, se- in the season now with episode three emergence. How did episode three uh, break down, Kevin? Well, what happened? So, what did we see? Yeah, so once again, we start with like this flashback into <laughs> a very depressing oh, yeah. UNSC UEG plant <laughs> called Oban, mm-hmm. um, which kind of appears to be one like this giant 
gigantic junkyard landfill yeah. planet. Junk planet. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I, I think like the, the little uh, garbage monster in Star Wars would just be like going nuts. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so basically, we see all these inhabitants. They're all human. And it looks like they're they're forced to labor around the clock, mm-hmm. like all day long. Like they are going to be going through trash all day long. That's their job. That's their existence. You are the trash person. Yeah. Um, and so we see a young Maki, right? It's Maki, right? Is that the pronunciation? Ma- I, I think Maki, Maki, one of those. So we see them w- spending some time hiding in like a uh, like a makeshift yeah. tent from guards, and they're reading a storybook. They're with a, a, a little boy, and they get their first mm-hmm. kiss, and they're they're talking about what it means to kiss somebody, and what is you know they're they're kind of like little kids just being yeah, kids, trying you to know? have a but on a junk right. on a, on a, junk, a, a planet. junk planet where they are child laborers, and they're you know trying to Pretty have like much. a moment of innocence and peace with themselves, and yeah, hiding from guards because like yeah. it's literally if you're not working, you get beaten. Pretty much, kind of situation. Yeah. And so the two kids get seen by the guards that they're just, like, not working and all that. And so they start running away, and one of the guards kills the little boy in front of them. Literally just beats the kid up. And as soon as that happens, a whole bunch of elites show up. And they, we, get, we, get, uh, we get the subtitles say that they're looking for, like, the sacred artifacts. And they're, you know, everybody's like running around and they're kind of almost ignoring the humans and they're just running around with the staff looking for this artifact. Right? Yeah. 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 And so eventually they end up with the staff pointed directly Mm -hmm. at Maki. And... Then one of the elites is like, it's behind this, you know, this creature or whatever. And then the one elite looks at Maki and is like, no, yeah, that's, that's what, the artifact this that is what we're, we're here for, for. Yeah. And then uh, I, I, I know we have this little something, something I noticed I, at I, least. I, yeah, like, but well, yeah. Before the elites realize that McKee herself is the artifact they're they're looking for, and they take her with them. Before that happens, she's getting just zapped by by guards. Like they're just burning her with these like stun. That's not the funny no, no. part, guys. I don't mean <laughs> it doesn't get, the funny part. That's yeah, not that's funny. That's not funny at all, but just to be clear. <laughs> it's she's getting just zapped with this like stun prod thing, and it's literally just burning her and you know, leaving a scar. And you know, I'm I'm just drawing conclusions here. You know, I'm guessing that's what's what caused the scars we saw in the last episode. Remember uh, we yep. noticed when in the last episode she takes her robes off, uh there's very prominent scarring on her back, and so it's just kind of like we're getting the sense that McKee was victimized by other people. And in her mind, it's almost like the Covenant rescued her from a human planet, even though they were just, they think she's a forerunner yep. artifact. Yep. So. But the funny part is the guard then turns to the elite and thinks he's going to fight the elite <laughs> and the elite literally just boop. And just, the guy just goes fucking yeah, flying. And I was like, yes, I thought that was hilarious. The, the guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. I loved that seeing is a funny it. part. So essentially, Maki was rescued from this garbage mm-hmm. planet, and it's a human planet, and so, you know, human garbage planet, that's what it is. And so, we flash forward, we see Maki, and they're preparing to track down the magical artifact, presumably by infiltrating human space. And so then it cuts to Reach. We go back to Reach, and we see Miranda examining preliminary scans of the artifact retrieved from magical by john and is mm-hmm. shocked to learn 
it's connected to some uh-huh. kind of weapon sought by the Covenant. And oh my god, really, surprise, surprise. So Perengoski asks her to lead uh, on like an analysis team, which will work, quote, parallel <laughs> to Halsey's team. Miranda responds enthusiastically, <laughs> and uh, Perengoski adds that she'll be kind of like, you know, the less reliant on Halsey in the future and wants to work more. Yeah, it was kind of like, I, I get my um, own team and I'm going to study the same artifact that Halsey is. Like, she won't like that. Or, you know, Dr. Halsey's not going to like that. And remember, Miranda's talking about her mother here, her estranged mother. Like, that that old, mm-hmm. <laughs> that old kook is not going to enjoy the thought of me uh, studying the same artifact that she is. And yeah, Parangoski has this very cold kind of calculating look like, oh, I wouldn't worry about Halsey. We're, uh, she won't be a factor for very... Yeah. If you remember, Perengoski and Halsey have a very contentious relationship, especially after last episode, where Halsey sort of got the Cortana thing approved over Perengoski's head, so Perengoski definitely has it out for Halsey at this point. She's kind of pitting Miranda against her own mother to that end. Just... Perengoski's pissed, yes, okay? Playing, so. playing the Game of Thrones on this Absolutely. one. That's what Perengoski's doing. Absolutely. Uh, so after that, we cut to the quote, the Cortana Project. Mm-hmm. And it is fully underway. Like, let's go. We're ready to do it. Um, and we see the Halsey clone. Yeah. And it's complete. And it has the consciousness of Halsey, yeah. uh, a younger version of Halsey. Um, and it's like as smart as Halsey, we assume. We presume, I guess you could say, because she. She sits at a table and then, like, is given this weird-looking puzzle and just, like, starts putting it together while they're talking to each other. And it's kind of like her electro-neural pattern is being mapped Mm -hmm. out while she's doing this whole Mm -hmm. thing. And Halsey talks with the clone in this weird, creepy, but, like, really interesting exchange. And they're, like, sharing memories with each other, talking about stuff and discussing what comes next. And, like, the clone is like, did you do this? Did you do this? Because it only has the memories up until a certain point. uh, Which... Which, if you think about cloning, that's fucking crazy. The clone has your memories. That's a whole weird, like, yeah. how does that cloning work? I don't know about that it's, cloning. It's almost like, yeah, um, it's like meeting your past self to a certain point where, you know, your her yeah. clone is asking her, like, how did the Spartan thing go? Like, did you uh, find your candidates and, uh, you know, all that stuff? And you know, Halsey is explaining to her clone, like, yeah, uh, 35 of them survived augmentation. <laughs> and yeah. the clone, and it's the, like, yeah, John's pretty cool. Oh, I like John. I rem- I know John. And it's like, it's like two fuck? old friends catching up, but it's literally just talking to a copy of yourself. It's really, it's really creepy. It was really weird, but it's fast, very, fascinating very in a strange um, way too. Yeah. And so then the clone asks Halsey, like what happens next? Like that made her comfortable with this kind of idea of sacrificing a human life to complete her, you know, prog project yeah. thing. Like, it was it was weird because it was like the clone knew that this was not a good idea uh, to begin with and was like toying with it in their mind as well and was like what made you actually go ahead with the sacrifice and human yeah to me it was kind of like the clone understands on some certain level that it's going to die in order to make cortana happen like the clone knows that it doesn't seem scared of that. It doesn't seem like, you know, angry or anything. It, yeah. it, it knows what's happening. But yeah, it's, it's like she's asking her future self almost. She's asking Halsey, like, you know, I have your brain and I, I remember having doubts about this cloning process to make Cortana a reality. Mm-hmm. And I used to have yep. those doubts and I used to think it wasn't worth it. What made, yeah, what changed your mind? And yeah, Halsey's only reply is the word progress. Like she just some, at some point and, got over it and realized it was what she had to do, I guess. And that's so crazy, too, because, like, it's just, 
you're talking to the future of you yeah. essentially and obviously like as a clone like you're talking to a future version of yourself that's gone through so many different experiences that you mm-hmm. don't have right now and that kind of stuff i am so surprised that the clone didn't want to have any sort of self preservation yeah. but then again it's halsey so it's like if anything the clone is like well i know i'm a clone and so like anything for science like it still has that stupid halsey mentality of like yeah you know fuck ethics like it, it's you know, almost like, like it has this attitude of i'm not even really a person i'm just uh i'm just spare you know physiology and cells for you to use as a tool yeah. like, i'm just helping myself right now like it's not even it's so weird it's it's kind of a mind bender it's wild um and so so yeah then then it cuts to we see john you know master master <laughs> cheeks uh, you'll get that reference in a bit we'll see john and he's taken to like a laboratory where Halsey kind of explains to him that he'll be given an AI companion to improve his capabilities and make him eligible to mm-hmm. return to active duty. And he seems, like, crazy hesitant. Uh, but he does trust Halsey, and I will say, like, I don't know if he would act like this prior to touching the artifact, but, like, he's definitely starting to show, like, these not just combative nature mm-hmm. episodes, if you will, but also, like, he starts showing, like, he's, he's questioning authority which is, like, not supposed yeah. to happen. Yeah. Um, but he still trusts Halsey, and he, he wants to get back in the field. He's like, okay, enough. It's enough to, for me mm-hmm. to agree to the procedure. And so then we cut to John. He's, like, on a table, and she, like, does this, presses some buttons <laughs> or some shit, and, like, all of a sudden, he, like, completely, like, just like turns off. That's, like, the only way, like, I can think about it. Like, it's like a robot just, like, turning yeah, off. Yeah, either he's... He's disciplined enough to just shut himself down mentally, uh, or he gets sedated or something. And, like, yeah, he's just strapped to this table where uh, a needle just drills into the base of his skull and inserts this (laughs) neural microchip or whatever into his brainstem. And then, like, like simultaneously, while that's happening, the clone is also being, you know, put on a table and... And a needle is slowly going into her eye, and like basically lobotomizing her kind yeah, of. And yeah. her mind is then just basically uploaded to the chip in John's brainstem. And it's this really wild, really kind of borderline body horror scene where uh, all that's yeah. going down. And eventually uh, the clone is then dissolved in acid. Like it's like her purpose is served. Like it's, it's she's discarded, uh, gone. It's really ugh. weird. Look. First off, the creepy assistant, lab assistant guy. Yeah, that guy. That guy. So, like, the clone goes, is it going to hurt? Am I going to feel pain? And he just, like, looks at her and is just like, yes. Um, like, he's, like, <laughs> happy about it. And not I'm even like, like oh, not, not even like a, I'm afraid so or it, only a little. Like, he doesn't try to comfort yeah, her at all. he's just like, no. And then he gets even, And he's, like, happy about yeah, it. Yeah. And it gets even creepier. He, like, gets close to her face. Like, you have such a beautiful brain or a beautiful mind or something like that. <laughs> and, yeah, this guy's name is Aiden, and he's Halsey's assistant. And uh, I just want to say, uh, Catherine, Dr. Halsey... You need to take a second look at this dude because he is uh, giving me <laughs> Red some flags trouble, everywhere. <laughs> troubling vibes, to say the least. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And, and look, I've had LASIK, so like <laughs> eye stuff doesn't bother me as much anymore. Right. But watching that, like that lobotomies still freak me out. Yeah. So I saw yeah. this and I was like, what the fuck? Those are tough. And so like doing it to his brainstem too, like yeah. you could see that all of a sudden John felt it a little yeah. bit. And like you saw that. But anyway, so yeah, it was just it was yeah. a freaky scene. It was a very graphic 
not gory, but like graphic. Scene, yeah, not like, yeah. There wasn't a ton of blood or yeah. gory. It was just it was just uh, it, yeah. it was um yeah graphic. I guess um it was it weird. was very weird. So, unsettling. I will say I will point out. I think it's important. I, I you you mentioned this, but my big takeaway from the scene was John's main motivation is returning to combat. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care if an AI companion will make him better necessarily. He that's like secondary to him. All it seems like all he yeah. really cares about is just getting back to the field. And Halsey kind of I think knows that and that's how she sells him on it. Like, uh this is the only way you'll, you know, get back to the battlefield where you are so desperately needed. And to, mm-hmm. that's like pulling his strings. Like she's playing him like a fiddle and he goes, "Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. cool. Let's do it." Like that's fine. That's all I care about. And I think to your point, I think that's a good point that prior to the artifact and his contact with it, he wouldn't have even raised an eyebrow to this. It was it literally would have been one one seven. Your orders are to uh, have this chip in your brain. He would okay, sure, like yes, ma'am. Like let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, now that he's mommy knows best. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, now that he's had some independent thoughts, he'll question it a little bit. Uh, But yeah, that was a very weird scene in a lot of ways. It's almost like the independent thoughts process is a virus that is spreading in Halsey's mm. view, and so she's putting in a program. There, to yeah, that's kind of if you want to take that's it like big. That. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So then we see Cortana. Basically, we put Halsey puts this chip in his brainstem, and then like activates the actual mm-hmm. Cortana AI in to go into the chip, and then says like Cortana, and so Cortana shows up and is booted up and materializes for the first time. Greeting Halsey cheerily and obviously like ready yeah. to get to work, and she's aware of her primary like directive, which is to literally directly interface with and take uh-huh. control yep. of John, essentially making him the perfect soldier, free of any distractions, human error, whatever. Like she essentially will become John almost to a degree. Take over his body, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And before he wakes up, Halsey explains that she'll be kind of helping John on more of like a secondhand basis yeah. just for the time being, which you're going to tell a computer program that has this one objective <laughs> slash directive, like this is what you're going to do. You're made to do this. And you're going to say, hold off a second. I want you to just do that. But like, not really. And they're like, wait, what? And Cortana is like kind of pissed. Like right off yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. She, she doesn't seem to comprehend like, but, but that's all I mean, I exist to do. That's literally the only reason I exist. And, uh, that's kind of clashing with her eager to help sort of personality. Like, but, but you, do you not understand what I'm capable of? I can do anything you want me to. And you're just going to have me be his tech support. Like, is that it? And so, yeah, she's kind of, to be clear, Cortana is one of the, like the first smart AI, quote unquote, smart AI. And so she's grappling with this like concept of you're not going to use me for my, intended purpose or to my full potential and i'm not i'm not liking that and cortana has enough of a personality remember she's based mm-hmm. on halsey's brain that she will rankle at things like that like but I, I i can't believe you're you know this this task is beneath me sort of energy but yeah, but that's yeah. under this and, veneer and, of like okay well orders are orders she's still very like bright and yeah. bubbly the whole time pretty much and and then also don't forget john then wakes up and is like i don't want this thing. yeah like not, he wakes up in that room and 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 basically is just like meets Cortana and like tells her to like fuck off yeah. like literally he like totally just is like nah I don't I don't want I don't care cool be quiet turn this thing off like I no stop and he's like trying to have a conversation with Halsey about how he's like still a little uncomfortable with it and how like 
the thing is Cortana is not like John in terms of he's not Cortana's not a soldier. Cortana's not a robot, if you right. will, in terms of like a stiff, dedicated soldier. Cortana is bubbly and emotional, like or at least exhibiting these like emotions as like a regular person would. Mm-hmm. And so it makes John even more uneasy because now he's like having to deal with, you know, a person kind of, you know yeah. what I mean? And then also, by the way, Jen Taylor comes back to voice Cortana, right. which is really freaking that cool. That was awesome. I will say I, that was awesome. I like that. I'll, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have more to say on that later, but I, yeah, that was big and that was cool. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, after this whole interaction, we go back to the rubble mm-hmm. and Quan is just straight desperate to get back to Madrigal and oppose Governor Vincher. But then Soren is like, what are you doing? And refuses to break his promise to John. But he's also still kind of a dick about it. He's like really creepy and like kind of threatening to kill her and like all this weird shit. And so then uh, Lyra tries to it is Lyra, right? I believe. Lyra, yeah, it just uh, Soren's Lyra, wife. Lyra, Lyra, yeah, Soren's wife, whatever. Tri- yeah, so Soren's wife tries to convince Quan that the Civil War in Madrigal isn't going to be worth dying for, but Quan is just just like resolute and eventually convinces Soren that she can pay him for transporting her back to her home world. And it's really a weird interaction because Soren is like, again, he's kind of creepy on it. And Soren and, and Soren's just kind of like, you know, I don't really want to yeah. do this. Not just because I don't want to, you know, break John's promise, but he's, he just doesn't feel comfortable leaving. He does this thing to she's kind of fucking with his ship to try to like yeah she's trying to like, like hijack uh, one of his one of his spaceships one basically. of his like favorite ships yeah yeah and he says like I could kill you for trying to take my favorite ship yeah he's like super threatening and aggressive yeah. and then when he agrees to take her he like says that even if she fails he'll still get paid no matter what because he'll like he doesn't care he'll turn yeah her he'll in. he'll take the like he's just like not she still has a bounty on her head from the UNSC so he'll just he'll cash in either way he'll he's making it clear to her. Uh, you're just money to me. I'm not your friend. So yeah. it's a it's a strange dynamic, but uh, yeah, it's a very weird but dynamic. At the end, she she does get him to give her a ride off the rubble, yeah. though. She it still works yeah. in her favor, but yeah, Soren's not uh, very chill about it. <laughs> so then, out in space again, we're we're still in space. Uh, we go to a scene with the UNSC warship mm-hmm. on patrol, and they notice a Covenant Corvette like drift out of mm-hmm. slip space and seemingly like looks abandoned. And defenseless and there's like nothing they don't see like life signs that are trying to find stuff they can't really find anything it's just sitting there right in front of them and maki is kind of in the guise of a terrified yeah. human captive you know and and goes on the radio and then convinces the unsc personnel to bring her aboard where she unleashes <laughs> a swarm of uh i don't even remember how to pronounce it it's, it's like let golo i think just let go right yeah. yeah uh hunter hunter hunters words, yeah so you see when they are on the ship the corvette mm-hmm. they they have the radio and they're like oh save me and it's the radio that they had when they were on that like shitty junk planet back um, on open and, yeah. yeah and uh then you see these like worms go around and like it looks you could see a hunter and then all of a yeah. sudden the hunter just like kind of like starts moving and like getting smaller and it's yeah. like, what the fuck's going on? And so then so cool. the doors open and Maki walks out and everybody has got guns to them and they like get Bunch on the floor. And all this. It's yeah. like a whole like thing. And yeah. then Maki gets greeted by uh, the captain, presumably the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. And then 
all of a sudden these little baby worms just show up everywhere. <laughs> I have never seen the hunters used so brilliantly in I know. combat. That was okay, look. That was whatever, really cool. man. That was fucking cool to see yeah. those. That was that was one of those things where I'm like that's a hunter and they we we talk about how hunters are made of like multiple different organisms in tandem together and but like yeah. you know we just see these giant brute thingies like running around this was cool that was so awesome to me and i loved how inventive it was and it was so cool for like you know fans of the games obviously you'll recognize the hunters in their you know typical form which is these hulking two-legged monstrosities and covered in like you know uh, armor that's basically like as strong as starship plating like they're basically made out of like the mm-hmm. same metal the covenant make their ships out of and like they have those you know giant shields and fuel rod cannons and they're just a terrifying enemy to fight but i think if you you know if you're familiar with the lore at all behind the games you'll know that like those things are just sentient worm colonies basically like they're each individual hunter is just a colony of orange wriggling little worm-like things and you know they usually fight in pairs because they're like sister colonies mm-hmm. it's like another yep. people or thing but yeah this was like a chance to let's let's show the fans of the games who know what hunters are but let's show them something new where the worms leave that armor suit and become this swarm that just crawls over walls and ceilings and the floors it and just gross overwhelms all these marines and uh you know naval crewmen and just it it was amazing. I was like blown away by that scene. Yeah, it was so cool. I mean, you you think the lobotomy stuff was gross? This was even worse. I this don't was know creepy as seen, hell. Yeah. Ugh, like I don't know if anybody's seen like any of those movies, like Swarm or anything like that. But like, it reminded me of King Kong with like the giant worm. Oh God, you're part. Right. Like yeah. it freaked me out and I hated it. But I also was like I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. Um. And so anyway, yeah. So Maki gets to the uh bridge and is trying to kind of get more information on uh like master chief and like what's going on and like see if they can find another artifact and and basically just find everything Mm -hmm. and then the coal protocol is initiated just last minute Mm -hmm. denying maki access to any direct intel on the whereabouts of like any of the artifacts or the unsc headquarters or any anything about it yeah and they just seemingly just say all right fuck it and then they return to high charity Mm empty-handed and just leave this empty shipped like it's just literally yeah. just an empty ship just dead just full of, in the full water of bodies. figuratively yeah, yeah. It, i thought i thought that was one that's when i saw that scene i was like okay that was good yeah let's keep for going. me at that scene i was like okay automatically this 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 episode the winner to me it was just like it showed me something really cool and uh that was fun I, i'll have i i do want to circle back to the cold protocol a little later uh oh, in, my, in my thoughts oh, yeah. but yeah the, that whole scene was pretty cool yeah and then, so then we, we go back and we see uh, John, who's kind of begrudgingly, you know, sitting there at the thought of like a babysitter yeah. living in his head. But of course, he, you know, it's Master Chief. He's going to press yeah. on. And he goes into this room with the artifact and hauls it. It's kind of like a blast door, blast mirror, you know, laboratory, blast door, window. observation room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's, it's just the artifact and John. And mm-hmm. so John activates the keystone is now what it's called and he's just holding it and under Halsey's supervision and everything and they're monitoring everything that's going on with him and then once again John starts seeing all these vivid memories but the visions stop as soon as Halsey says okay Cortana take control and it just like literally just turns off and his body and everything like he obviously looks uncomfortable afterward um, because you know he just had his body taken control so he kind of notices that and doesn't really feel great about it um and so then 
Halsey's like, we're fine for now. We'll get back to it. Don't worry. Let's, I'm going to have you go back to the barracks. So John is then walking back to the barracks um, to reunite with Silver Team. And as he's walking, he like walks by all the Marines and all these humans, if you will. I'll call them humans <laughs> because he's technically not, right? Um, he walks back and is just observing everybody and sees everybody playing, you know, games and they're gambling and they're just shooting the shit and like just being, you know, people. And he is walking very robotic. Like the, his like stature, everything, does. he's walking yeah. very robotic. Yeah. And everybody's, you know, you can see this, there's a stark difference between how he's walking and how even the people following him who are marching are, they are walking differently too. So you can tell there's a difference there. And then everybody notices him and they kind of just like, oh, they stop what they're doing and like, oh, hi. And like, people are smiling. That's the other thing. Like everybody was smiling a lot and he has like a deadpan yeah. face. I wanted to point out really quick about the uh, Keystone thing. Like one of the main goals, if we remember of the Cortana thing was that they thought like she'd have the processing capability to really directly analyze yep. the artifact and get some hard data on it. It was kind of like, yeah, John will touch it and then Cortana will just take over and we'll get all yep. the information we could ever want out of it. That was the idea. But yeah, th this was kind of a dead end for that, for that thought process because it, th there's no visions unless John's in control. So it was kind of like exactly. a, kind of a setback there scientifically. But yeah, then, then it's like, yeah, go hang out at the barracks and we'll try again later. Yeah. So when he gets to the barracks, um, <clears throat> so when he gets to the barracks, he meets up with Silver Team and all of them kind of subtly, passively, and as you have brilliantly written, in true Spartan <laughs> fashion, uh, <laughs> express their support for Chief, and then they kind of make it clear that yeah, he has their they're, trust. They're very subtle and, and passive kind about of, it. Like, they don't, they don't have, like, yeah. this you know, gushy, like, I'm so glad you're back, John. It's so great to see you again. Are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? Like, none of that. They're, they're Spartans. They don't yeah. do shit like that. They just, yeah. they just look them in the eye and they say, we trust you. We're with you. Like, just no, like, like tight nods yep. at each other. Like, it's very unspoken, tight knit stuff. It's very cool. And so then Master Chief starts to try to, like, brief them on what's been going on with him. So, because obviously they're a team, they should know a little bit mm. about what's going on, especially about Cortana. But before he could even say anything, Cortana just appears and says, hi, everybody. Like, I'm Cortana. What's going on? And introduces herself. And she, John is like, what the fuck? Like, get out of here. And he, like, basically swiftly dismisses <laughs> yeah. her. And he's really annoyed by her presence. And then she's really annoyed by him yeah. doing that. And, like, she's kind of embarrassed, she, too, which is, like, she's like what? She's, like, being the <laughs> little sister and he's the big brother. Like, get out of here. You're so annoying, yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's, like, like it's so funny, too, because what does she do? Goes yeah. right to mom and, like, just starts going to Halsey. Like, he was mean to me. It was, like, like that's kind of what John happened. John will let me play with him and his friends yeah but literally and so like obviously like he turns and he's like yeah so um there's that and like the rest of the team just looks at him and they're like what the fuck like they're actually concerned because they're just like oh no this is different we need to know what's going on and so john goes to sleep and he's in the barracks and everything and he's very preoccupied with the memories awakened by that artifact mm -hmm. and like He's like playing. He's like going through. He like basically starts searching for clues because he starts. He sees a couple more things in these visions that give him yeah. kind of hints of stuff. And he has this idea that that mm. it's his home planet where he's originally from. And so he's like starts searching for clues 
for this planet. And, you know, for a super soldier who should be really good at gathering intel, he sucks at Google searching. <laughs> and, like, literally, this dude sucks. He's getting nothing. And Cortana's like, hey, um, maybe I could help you do this. Have you tried, have you tried keywords? <laughs> yeah. Like he's very like, no, leave me alone. And so she's also reluctant to help him at first. And so then she talks to Halsey and Halsey's like, no, help him. Don't stop helping him. Keep helping him. Yeah. So she he, helps him Google search yeah. and he finds the planet. He finds a group of planets and ba- basically finds the planet he comes from. Mm-hmm. And so he's sitting there and he's thinking about his home planet and everything. And so then he kind of remembers kind of influenced through the reunion with Soren and kind of remembers like what Soren said, he decides to cut out his hormonal pellet implant in his lower back. Right. And again, Cortana instantly just goes right to Halsey. It's like, what do I do? What do I do? Like every time, like Cortana can't just say, you know, do something and make a decision. What do I do? What do I do? And Halsey's like, let him do it. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things like she's telling Cortana, like we want him to think of you as a friend, like, you know, be there for him. Uh, yep. So help him, help yep. him cut this uh, implant out of his back without killing himself accidentally. Yep. And and the thing is, everything Halsey does is a calculated um, decision. Yeah. And so to do this for Halsey, I see that Halsey is viewing this as an experiment herself. Yeah. Like, what happens if a Spartan takes this out? I don't know. We've never done it. Let's find out. Like, it's one of those things where Halsey does everything for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Halsey saying this is is not like just to try to find the artifact and I thought I think it's also like just she wants to know what's going to happen she's super like the curiosity brain for her is like reignited with this artifact and so this is another thing that she's like oh man fuck it let's see let's see what happens maybe it'll help who knows <laughs> right. and so we get one of the greatest shots of Master Chief. Uh, we're going to call him now Master Cheeks, Here everybody, we go. because yep. he is butt-ass naked <laughs> in the bathroom, and uh, the the divider of the mirror is just so perfectly uh, aligned with a certain um, area, and he's got a knife, and he and Cortana stands behind him and is like, "Let's let me help you, and he's like, all right, fine, and she he just boop, pops it right yeah. out. Um, Clean cut and yeah, no, yeah, just boom, minimal, right minimal out. bleeding. <laughs> just gets that thing out. Of there. Uh, the the implant, by the way, we're talking about the implant. That's what he's cutting out. Yeah, just um, the implant, <laughs> perfectly clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, when he does that, he he you know goes back and starts getting dressed, and uh, we see Kai, one of John's teammates, mm. witness this happening. Yeah. and they look super concerned to say the least. Like like Kai looks like. Holy shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. Like almost like they're questioning everything that's happening like is he going rogue? Is he becoming a traitor? Like you don't know what's going on in their mind, but you can kind of yeah. tell it's like everything is going Just, off. All yeah. the bells and whistles are like what the fuck's yeah, going on? Very worried. And so then we see Master Chief put on his he doesn't put on necessarily the same outfit. He has this suit that the armor goes it's on. It's like an undersuit, and the black. Yeah. yeah, it's like an, un, yeah, the black undersuit, mm-hmm. you and, and, you know, that it's just a fucking, like, bunch of weird plastic tubes. He doesn't necessarily just put that on. He has, like, civilian yeah, clothing like on. like streets. Yeah, streetwear, yeah. Yeah, he, he ends up changing and puts, like, street clothes on, and he's, like, not marching almost i think if i remember he had his hands in his pockets walking around like like a normal guy yeah like a normal dude who's like six seven (laughs) like he's a big guy like you know he's just a big tall dude and it's this scene is so cool because it's like cinematically i think it's brilliant um he just wanders off base 
and experiences like humanity, if you will, for the first yeah. time again. And he just goes on to the train station. He just goes on a train and among civilians and kind of want to, you know, see what's going on. He, he, he sees a couple kissing and in love and he's like in the corner, like chilling, watching it. And he's kind of like enjoying it to where he's just like, Oh, that's love. And, and we see him like seeing it and you see his eye. I, I mean, the acting alone was yeah. fucking brilliant, but the cinematography really helped too. Cause then, then he's like walking around and he sees like a little amphitheater and, and people are playing yeah. music, classical music and everybody's enjoying themselves and laughing and being happy. And he's just kind of like standing there looking at it. And he's like getting, you can see he's kind of getting choked up and he's like really happy. Yeah. He's like all of a sudden experiencing these emotions and, and it's cinematically like it, the colors too. So you see these colors uh, in the theater, like uh, these pinks and purples and stuff. And, and it's almost like um, I think of people who can, I forget the term, but like you can see sound almost. Uh, it's when your senses are mixed. I forgot the term for it. But he, he has this almost, if, if you will. It, it, cinematically, they show that. And it's really cool to see him experience this. And it's like really cool that music is something that, you know, yeah. he's experiencing and that really takes a hold of him. We're, we're literally watching it happen on his face as he's experiencing truly not, not, you know, he's probably heard music before, but he's truly experiencing it likely for the first time since he was a child, like for the first time he can even remember. Yeah. So it's, it's a big moment where like, Music makes people feel things generally, and he yeah, has yeah, been cut yeah. off from that human experience for the majority of his life, and that's all washing over yeah. him in one moment. It's, it's a lot. Synesthesia, that's there what it is. is. Yeah, Synesthesia, no, sorry about that. Nah, my brain clicked. That's kind of what cinematically yeah. it kind of felt like. So all of a sudden a dog jumps up to him. I'm going to, even though it is a like golden retriever, I'm going to say it was a great Pyrenees because I have a similar Pyrenees one, and yeah. I was excited about yeah, it. Maybe. So it's a white dog and I, that's, <laughs> it's my dog. Thank you. Um, so basically uh, this dog shows up and he like pets this dog and all of a sudden he's just like, wait a minute. He starts having these weird feelings yeah. of his family and familiar out, you know, like yeah. feeling familiar with this dog and everything. And he's like, holy shit. And you could see like a, a look of expression on his face, like, just, oh, my God. And he runs mm. back to the lab, breaks into the lab yeah. with Cortana's help, grabs the artifact again while ignoring Cortana because Cortana's <laughs> like, yo, your heart rate, you're everything like, right. what the fuck, man? Like, you're a super soldier, but whoa, this is not good. And he doesn't give a shit. And he activates this thing. And. All of a sudden, he's just flooded with yeah. emotions. He's flooded with like clear, unfragmented yeah. memories of his parents, of his childhood home, as well as like crayon drawings, which then depict another artifact mm -hmm. similar to the keystone. Uh, it's almost like a lock and key. Get it? Keystone. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. Like he, and, a, um, like he yeah. drew a lockstone. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Interesting. And so between the memories and Cortana's databanks, John then deduces that the artifact he drew was, as a child, it's got to be on the planet that he grew up on, which is Eridanus 2. Mm -hmm. And it, revol it resolves to, he wants to, you know, investigate it personally. Like, yeah. it's like, I have to do this. So Halsey insists on uh, accompanying him. And then in route, Halsey's assistant. The, the fucking Rudo, creepy guy, Aiden. The, <laughs> this, this dude again. 
he's a weirdo and yeah. he cautions kind of the whole pursuing a lead based on John's childhood memories because this could then unco- uncover like the truth that would quote bring us all down and Halsey answers quote that's what C- Cortana is for and so you also then right before that you see a a little like story about what happened to his planet so like everybody was eradicated essentially by COVID. They all got COVID, and <laughs> no, they no, they, it wasn't hey, COVID. Hey, hey, I think it's COVID. It was it's future a, COVID. It was an unspecified plague that ended up wiping out the majority of Eridanus, er- Eridanus. They say Eridanus in the show, but Eridanus sounds better to me. But no, yeah, uh, hol- like COVID twenty five, thirty three, whatever <laughs> 20, the year it is. That's, that's what it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. The Cortana one. explains that the the planet John grew up on originally as a child, Eridanus two, uh, was kind of like a, a a science project of a planet where it was like an attempt to terraform an otherwise uh, barren landscape. Uh, and so mm-hmm. John's family is, is they're assumed to have been researchers. Uh, but yeah, that it was kind of abandoned. Like it's made clear that no one really lives there now. So they're not going to go to this populated, you know, well-defended UNSC planet. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And like, no one's been there in a while. That's kind of what they're heading into. And then, yeah, Halsey's like kind of weighing the risks at the end of the episode where she's, you know, being told, Hey, you know, if we start uncovering more of, uh, John's background, you know, that can shed light on where the Spartans in general came from. And that's uh, not good. And yeah, like you said, Kevin, we, we kind of are told Cortana's the failsafe for that. Like we, we still have this, yep. this threat, basically this bullet in the chamber of Cortana being the, the way of controlling uh, John and all the Spartans by making them automatons, basically taking control of them. So it it ends on a bit of a dark note. Like, you know, we we're heading into this uncertain, uncertain territory and, uh, it's the stakes are being raised. It's, it's getting uh tense right now, but yeah, that, that is episode three emergence. Okay. We're going to take a quick break here, but stick around guys. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so now we've gone over the episode, and there was definitely a lot that happened in this one. A lot of back and forth, back and forth between everybody. Mm-hmm. And I have thoughts. I believe you have thoughts. Yes, I do. No, I, I just, in general, after this episode, I was feeling better about the series uh, in general. It was, it's hard to specify. I just felt better about this episode. I just enjoyed it more than I expected to. It was, yeah. it was just definitely an improvement over uh, episode two, Unbound, because... I feel like Unbound was very exposition heavy. 
uh, episode two was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to call it filler, but it sort of felt like filler because I, I know it was episode two was establishing some pretty important stuff and getting some key things said and shown and done. Uh, it was, it was important, but it wasn't exciting. Yeah. And there were things happening in this episode that I was just, it, I was having fun watching specifically. I, I got to say, I loved the scene with McKee and the let Golo taking over the UNSC warship, the, uh, the hunter worms, because yeah. like I said earlier, that that's Hell such yeah. an inventive use of that covenant race. Like, like I said, we're so used to just seeing the hunters in their big, scary hulking armored form, but how they are as just a swarm of worms is even scarier, arguably. You know, that being said, I hope we see some hunters, you know, in combat mode uh, later, later on. I, my cynical side is kind of thinking maybe it was easier for them to animate a swarm than it was to animate like <laughs> standing hunters with giant guns. Yeah, maybe. maybe it was a cost saving measure, but even if it was, it was still pretty cool and well done and fun to watch. So um, it, it, it raised the stakes and it injected some much needed tension and action uh, into this episode. So I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. The only, the other thing I, I liked about this was, uh, and it was also something I was kind of hesitant about at first. I wasn't sure it would be good. I wasn't sure it would be pulled off well, but Cortana's introduction was, I'll say it was oddly comforting to me. You know, it was like yeah. a yeah. reassuring and familiar presence coming back. If that makes sense. It, mm-hmm. it was, it was fun watching uh, Chief sort of bristle at her presence. I, it was kind of like fun to watch him be annoyed because, like again, we're not used to seeing a lot of emotion from him, and he's sort of starting to show more uh, outward expression and you know that that range of he's not just having like freakouts and you know mental breakdowns at a crazy guy on the rubble screaming "What am I?" He's also you know just <laughs> being annoyed and dismissing Cortana and like having you know human reactions to her. So yeah, I mean he's seen he's seen a blue lady appear in yeah. front of him like that's not you know maybe he is going crazy <laughs> yeah looks like his mom you know what the fuck like maybe he is going a little woo-hoo. yeah he's, if that doesn't give you mommy issues I don't know what will like <laughs> a, a glowing blue younger version of your of the woman who raised you basically showing up and you can't get rid of her she's always there <laughs> that's that's yeah she's what, always there. what would freud say about that honestly but uh <laughs> but no it's, it's cool because in the established lore like in the books chief and cortana were pretty much fast friends like immediately they got along pretty much instantly when they were first introduced uh there was very little tension in their relationship in the uh in the books and in the games like the games really get across like they're best friends for life and they, they've always kind of been that way uh for this version of john though like the first two episodes of the show kind of established a new John, and for yeah. this version of John, it kind of makes sense that he'd be unhappy to have a distraction like her around. Like, he sees her as a distraction mm-hmm. at this point. But even with this third episode having them have their first interactions with each other, I'm already seeing this potential for their kind of contentious relationship yeah. to grow into a partnership based on begrudging respect and then eventually a friendship. Mm-hmm. It's layered. Like there's a lot, lot happening here where John's annoyed with her. It's fun to watch them, you know, have a bicker bickering kind of standoffish relationship at first, but I'm already seeing this potential for growth where they can become more. So I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. Finally, I'll just say like my last uh, observation that I was very happy with 
was the Cole Protocol. We mentioned that earlier. When McKee takes over the UNSC ship with the hunter worms, you hear over the like computer voice on the bridge that the Cole Protocol has been initiated. Now, for those of you not familiar with the books, if you just heard that line on the show, maybe you're just watching the show and you're not you know, a Halo fanatic like us, and if you heard that and wondered, what was the Cole Protocol? For your information, the Cole Protocol was something in the books that basically it was a naval security measure implemented by an admiral named Admiral Preston Cole, and the Cole Protocol was if you are in immediate danger of being captured by the Covenant, or your ship is in danger of being captured by the Covenant, you must expunge all navigational data from your from your computer. Makes sense. Like, you can't give the Covenant any clues as to where our main bases are, where planet Earth is. It's denying uh, access to the enemy to uh, invade UNSC space even further than they already have. An addendum to that is, if you're fleeing a battle with the Covenant, if like you've fought them and lost and you need to get away, you cannot jump into slipspace and directly go to another human planet. You have to make like a random jump somewhere else and then jump back to UNSC space so that they can't just directly follow you back to your base. So the Cold Protocol was this very layered, very like professional, like it made sense. It was a practical measure that the books explained. And I just, I like that it was included in the show, even like to the tiny degree that it was, but it also had real consequences to the show. McKee wasn't able to learn anything about the artifact as a result of the Cole Protocol. So that's all to say, that was a long-winded explanation, but the long story short is there are people out there who are claiming that no one working on this television show have any familiarity with Halo lore, Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to say they're flat out wrong. Like, it's it's explicitly wrong to say that because they've included so many things that you can only pull from the books. Like, you wouldn't know otherwise. Yeah. That obviously, okay, yeah, the producers had that comment a while back where they said, oh, we didn't play the games. And people really made a lot of hay with that comment. Like, people really latched onto that and refused to let it go. But what I'm saying is someone in the room, like someone having something to do with production of this show obviously is familiar with the lore to some degree they're not using all of it it's not being all it's not all being implemented it's not all being used in like the best way possible Mm -hmm. but it's still there like it's all making a lot of it's making its way through so i don't know i'm on a soapbox right now i I got in a twitter fight recently about this (laughs) (laughs) people like not understanding that there is a lot of lore making it into the show and i just want to make sure that's known i think that it says a lot to like take lore from the books specifically yeah like yeah we have the games but like you really got to do some research to like read the books and yeah like they clearly have somebody who's invested in the writing room like it's not like you know what i mean like there's definitely somebody there who's invested in this universe right to some degree enough to not just play a game or whatever but read the book you know yeah so i think that says something yeah i i agree thank you but what what were your uh, what do you think any any stray observations thoughts I thought it was uh, for some reason the one thing that I think a lot about in this episode is the chickens that show up oh yeah, uh, on the rubble, yeah. <laughs> so yeah like on 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 rubble like there's like a a shipment of chickens I think they said it was fresh from Earth and uh, Soren is like looking at them and is like talking to like the people who originally like moved the uh, forklift or whatever in front of master chief 
And he like is like, yeah, you can keep one, sure. And like, <laughs> I remember the woman, the woman next to the guy, he's all excited. And the woman's like, why don't you ever stand up to him? As if like, you know, one or two chickens is like nothing, you know. Right. Um, and he's like, we're gonna have chicken for dinner. And I'm like, bro, just make some eggs, man. Like, don't kill that thing. <laughs> yeah, um, make it last. Yeah. But I thought it was really good, especially compared to episode one and two. Yeah. I mean, this episode again. Like I said in the beginning, I looked at this differently. Mm-hmm. I viewed it through like my film studies brain, you know, everything I learned in college about film. Like I, I, I viewed viewed it that way, and then I tried to look at like how's the storytelling, the pacing, and then I looked at the Halo aspect and was like, okay, what are they doing? Okay, cool, cool, cool. So like the whole, I mean, look, the whole scene with the Hunter stuff, like that was. That was brilliant. For Halo, yeah. that was brilliant. Absolutely. to actually. Because I remember playing Halo when I was younger and everybody was saying like, yeah, that's actually a bunch of worms and that's not actually one thing. It's a hive mind and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. How do they get in the suit? How do they do that thing? And like, you don't really see anything of it. All I know is I got to shoot in, you know, the areas that the worms are mostly showing. and like Or that. shoot the orange bits, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like... There's no, like, hunters don't really have, like, part of the story. Like, almost, like, every single uh, Covenant species has, like, some story interaction thing where you at least, like, interact with them in some capacity of, like, you know, grunts are always saying goofy stuff. I see them all the time. You know, I got jackals that say specific things, and some of the jackals are, like, snipers and, like, covert ops with that kind of stuff. And, like, you know, the brutes have a big part in the story, and then the elites and, like... Everybody, but hunters are just there for like a boss battle, you know, like they're not really anything. So to see them do this like infiltration and like going into the Mm -hmm. ship and like going in the tubes and the tunnels and getting people and killing them. And I thought that was so fucking cool, man. I was like, now that is dope. That's using the lore in a new and fun way that is that is also like true to the story, you know, like true to the lore and makes sense. And I thought, I thought that was brilliant. Tip my fedora, sir. <laughs> I do not, I don't have a fedora. Please don't know. I, but you tip I, your like, metaphorical fedora. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, get it. sure. Like, I think it was cool. The rubble stuff, honestly, I get bored of the ru- like that stuff. Like, I'm like, whatever. Yeah, okay. I'm glad it was quick. At least they didn't spend. A yeah, time I was there. pretty happy that it was like one two thing. Whatever. Yeah. The lobotomy shit freaks me the hell out. Yeah. I thought it was so cool though, like how you know we saw Cortana being created, and yeah. like it was also kind of pretty close to the lore. Like it's made from Halsey's brain and all yeah. this. Like like. They were just like, here's how we are going to present how Cortana was made. Cortana's still made from Halsey's DNA, Halsey's brain, all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? This is cool. I will watch this and I will say, yeah, that's, I will accept this as the origin of Cortana. Sure. Yeah. I thought it was good. I thought, you know, having the voice of Cortana was like awesome. It was Uh, so cool. Welcome back, Queen. We missed you. You That was cool. I thought, you know, um, the relationship with, Chief and Cortana felt very weird, though, to me. I will mm-hmm. say that because, and here's the only reason I say because, Cortana going back and forth between Chief and uh, Halsey, back and forth, back and forth, it felt like I was watching like a drama, per se, where one of those shitty movies where it's like, go ask that person out on a date <laughs> out of a dare, and then you actually do like them, and then they find out the truth, and everybody gets upset, but then it all works out in the end. Like, 
to me, I'm like, that's going to happen. I'm already like, obviously, like, that's kind of like what you're going for here. Yeah. And it was like, it feels predictable. It feels like really shitty. And like, I can already imagine Master Cheeks freaking <laughs> out and yelling and shit. I'm probably just going to call him Master Cheeks for like every episode <laughs> now. Um, but like, just all that, like, it, was, it, it feels predictable. So that part of me is kind of like, nah, all right, whatever. But I would have to say my favorite part of the entire episode, the entire episode, and obviously I gushed on it when we were talking about, you know, the synopsis was when he's like human again. Yeah. Like, I thought that was done brilliantly, yeah. cinematically. It was with what they gave me. They did a very good job. Mm -hmm. You know, again, like that, the, 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 the music, I think music is one of the most human things that like make us stand out. And I, I loved the fact that they used music as a way for him to experience these emotions. And, and he's hearing for the first time, you know, he's experiencing humanity for the first time. And that whole, like when I said like this, the synesthesia stuff, like it kind of is like, he's seeing emotions, he's experiencing emotions. He's, he has these senses again mm -hmm. that he never had at figurative senses, whatever have you, you know, emotions right. and that kind of stuff. He smells the air differently. He sees people interacting and loving each other differently. He's he's sees colors differently. Everything is so more vibrant in that scene. And it felt like, you know, it felt like they were encapsulating and expressing humanity as this like loving yeah. thing. Like it's so great to be human. Like nobody's running around shooting people. Nobody, you know, it's like you're not in a lab. You're not that like you're just with people and you're just being a person. And I loved it. I thought that was, to me, when I saw that scene, I literally said out loud, I go, all right, that's the one. That's the scene. That's me. I like that. That's, that's what yeah. I'm here for. So, like, the whole concept of, like, him becoming human again and finding his humanity. The story that they told us that was what they were going to do, I get it. Like, you know, him taking his helmet off in the first episode, you know, to show he's a human. I was like, okay. But he wasn't a human yeah. at that point. He was just showing that, like, hey, I'm in a human body, and now he's yeah. human again. And I thought, like, you know, I'm here for, for the storytelling. It works. It makes sense. They're not doing a bad job of portraying this super soldier robot guy now becoming a human. They're doing a great job. Yeah, it's almost like the helmet scene in episode one was set up for this scene where mm -hmm. he hears music for the first time. And I've always wanted, like, ever since I knew about, like, the real story of the Spartans, like after I played Halo for the first time, like when you play Halo, you don't really know what, you know, a whole, what no. a Spartan is or what they're you're old. shooting shit. Yeah. Who you're just cares? shooting aliens. You don't know what their deal is. You don't know what John's deal is or what the story is. But after learning that, after reading a uh, fall of reach for the first time, I've always wanted to see on screen live action, preferably, but like a Spartan, you know, John or whoever realize what it is they're fighting to defend. Because they, yep. they know that they are, you know, yep. fighting on behalf of humanity. They are defending humankind, but they don't always feel connected to what they're defending. And John, for the first time, is connecting with what he fights on behalf of in this episode. And that's beautiful and big and important. Yeah. And another takeaway, too, is that Cortana is with him the entire time. And she's experiencing these that's things true. with him. That's true. And so I think obviously she already has emotions and that kind of stuff. And she's, she's a different type of AI, which we already know about, but I think she's, she's experiencing humanity with him because she was just born. Yeah. Like she, she doesn't, you know, I mean, I guess you could say she kind of has Halsey memory style stuff, but like she's her own person. She was just born. She all right now, literally 
right now, all she knows is a military base, the lab, and like, that's it. She's, she's now experiencing humanity with him. She's kind of quiet for most of it, mm-hmm. but she is observing, obviously, as well. And so I think that is going to, I think that subtly plays a, a role in her, like, also understanding, yeah. like, the bigger picture. I did like, she's so helpful and cheerful and friendly that, like, she's even kind of reaching out toward John in this moment, like, are you hearing, like, have you heard music before? Like, she's kind of, like, asking, yeah, like, yeah. is this new for you? And, like, it's, like, she's being a friend right then and, you know, yeah. being there for him. No, yeah, this whole thing was great. I think it, it, it changes it, too, because he's not alone. Yeah. Like, him alone, like, that, he is alone, but he's not alone, and I think that that's part of the whole dynamic is, like, him experiencing this for the first time alone, but it's also, like, kind of like he's experiencing it with someone, and so he gets to share that with her, yeah. that experience with her, and I think that's going to, you know, that, that, that's cool. That helps a friendship, yeah. you know? I think uh, for our final thoughts here, just uh, parting, parting words, I'll, I'll just say that... Uh, I, I do think that looking back on the first three episodes so far, episode one, I felt like, again, was a pretty solid starting point. I think it uh, came out pretty strong. Episode two was a bit of a dip, though. It was kind of, a, it lagged a little bit. It, uh, you know, just felt like a slowdown. And then it's ramping back up here. Uh, you know, this this series so far is a roller coaster. I'm hoping that they, uh, you know, keep up the good work next time. Also, it's unfortunate. Again, unfortunate Jaden couldn't be here with us because I'm sure that he would really like we're gushing over this. We both <laughs> like this episode. I'm sure he would have balanced it out because I don't think he liked this one. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully, uh, you know, see where he's at next time with episode four. Um, anything else you'd like to say before we uh, sign off here? I think Jaden would uh, shit talk Master Cheeks like crazy. <laughs> like that scene, he probably would have hated that scene. I don't know. I, I, Who knows? I, I didn't yeah. ask him about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I like it. I, I think episode, here's the thing. It doesn't need to be action-y and all that like stuff for me to enjoy mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. I've already played the games. I already know that story. I already know, you know, I've seen so many shooting aliens. Like, it's cool. I am fine with an engaging story. It doesn't have to be action all the time. And I think people who are expecting that, like just go play the fucking game. Yeah. Like it, I, I, who cares? I like yeah. we're watching a TV show for the story. Hell, even I watch like Marvel stuff for the story. I don't expect it to be explosions and, and stuff all day long, yeah. but it doesn't have to be. I think episode, like I said, episode one, like I'm going to be with you with that. Like I've said before, episode one was okay. It was a setting up story. I think episode two was also part of like an exposition kind of setting up the whole kind of thing. I think episode two was a little weak mm-hmm. compared to episode one, but this one, I think they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And I, and again, like I'm not sitting here like this show is going to be great, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Just this episode, especially compared to the first mm-hmm. two, they knocked it out of the park. There's, there is definitely a disconnect with the show and the lore. There is definitely mm-hmm. a little bit of a disconnect. Uh, well, a little bit, sometimes a lot of it, but it's, it, it, I, I feel invested. Um, but I also feel, like I said earlier, this almost strange, uncanny valley style feel when it comes to it being Halo. Yeah. And again, the uncanny valley is the only description I can think of to encompass the feeling. It's, it's just, it's Halo, but it's not, but it is. I can and, understand and that. I like it though. I'm having fun, and I think that's what really matters. Is am I yeah. enjoying it? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. So there you go. I can understand it not quite embodying Halo in all the way, maybe like part of the way. 
I don't really feel a disconnect so much as I'm just very, very, very aware that it's a new direction. Mm-hmm. And like okay, yeah. that that can feel like a disconnect to some people. It's kind of like it's, it, everyone interprets it differently. But like I think we're all seeing the same thing. And the same thing is that it's they're using some things. They're, they're not quite using other things or they're using things that, uh, you know, you're not in a way that you're not expecting them to. And that adds up to an experience that's like. I guess, I guess this is Halo, or at least it looks like it. And some moments feel very Halo, and some moments feel not that Halo. And so, yeah, yeah it's gonna yeah. it's gonna come off differently to everybody. And, and and I definitely think you know a lot of people are saying like it's not Halo, and, and and a lot of the discussions I've seen have been that it's not the same as the games. Well, yeah. And I'm right. like, look, if I wanted the game's story. I would play the games. I'm not here yeah. for the game's story. I've already, I've already seen the game story thousands of times, guys. Like, I, I, yeah. I just, I. It's literally a TV show. You yeah. can't plug your controller into it and play this show. I'm sorry. It's, it's a different yeah. thing. It's going to be different. Like, that's just how it is. I do. I think they are so far now, with with how the story has gone from one, two to three. It makes sense. I think the mm-hmm. flow is now watching all three, and I, I'll probably watch them again and then watch episode four. I think the flow works pretty well. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.